0: Good morning and welcome to our A Theology of the City Part 2. Last week we determined that if we are going to have a vision for the city or a ministry in the urban setting, then we had better work out a theology of the city. That is, we need to answer the question, what ought we as Christians to believe about the city? So moving us in that direction, I suggested that we first need to understand the definition of a city, which is harder than one might think. But to that end, I offered this working definition. A city is a densely populated, heterogeneous, and culturally relevant geographical area that exerts influence beyond itself. And it's for all these reasons that I would say we would want to focus ministry, or that the church, universal of course, would want to focus ministry attention to urban areas. A dense population means a lot of people in a small area, a lot of souls, a lot of ears to hear, a lot of people to meet, and access to those people. It's heterogeneous. In it you will find people from many places, with many backgrounds, with many perspectives, that can give the truth of Christ richness and scope and relevance. Plus, their heterogeneity of the city is a picture of the diversity and variety that will ultimately characterize God's kingdom. The city is also culturally relevant. When you bring the gospel to cities, you bring it to the arts and to music and to entertainment, to invention and to innovation. And because of the dense population, the diversity and the cultural relevance, cities spread their influence. And if we can capture the hearts of people in cities, then we have the potential of influencing and extending that influence beyond the boundaries of the city. It can spider out from the city, and we can see the gospel movement grow because of the work we do in the city itself. Many cities, as defined this way, show up in the sprawling narratives of the Bible. Jerusalem, Ephesus, Rome, Egypt, Babylon, these are just a few of the densely populated heterogeneous and culturally relevant geographical areas that show up in the Bible, But as a small vignette of God's concern for the city, I'd like to take a moment to look at the city of Nineveh as presented to us in the book of Jonah. Many of you are probably familiar with the basic storyline of at least the first part of Jonah, in which Jonah is called by God to preach the truth of salvation to the dreaded enemy nation of Assyria, particularly the city of Nineveh, and Jonah runs the other way. But in Jonah 1, here is the call of God to Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. The word used there, great, is gadol in Hebrew. And in actuality, it's a word that the writer, the narrator of the story of this this book of Jonah uses throughout for narrative effect. So here we have the gadol city. In a few minutes, Jonah runs and jumps on a ship and is caught up in a great or Godol storm and then is swallowed by a gadol fish later in the chapter. But it is the great city that first captures our attention. But it is a great city, a gadol city, that is presented as being in stress. It is in crisis because of its evil ways. And it has become a... To the eyes of the Lord, it's come up to his attention. He notices their evil ways and he sends a prophet to go into the midst of darkness. Not to call out God's approval, but rather God's wrath or God's warning, God's truth. Jonah, as I said, does not initially do this, he gets swallowed by the fish. Repents to some degree, is spit up on the land after three days, and then receives the call of God for a second time at the beginning of chapter 3, so this will sound familiar. Verse 2, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Here we see that not only is Nineveh godol, but it is called exceedingly Gadol. Because of its size, three days journey to walk around it, some 60 miles to walk around it. And then Jonah goes and preaches and they repent, they believe from the most gadol to the least. And as a result of their repentance, at the end of chapter 3, God says, I will not bring upon them the disaster that I had threatened to. Now Jonah has an unexpected reaction to this, and we're going to look at that in our meditation next week on A Theology of a City. But today I want to jump to the end of chapter 4 to get us one more little insight into the city of Nineveh. Look at the very last verse, verse 11. This is God speaking to Jonah. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left? And also much cattle. And also much cattle is a kind of weird way to end the book of the Bible. It's probably the weirdest ending of the book of the Bible to a book of the Bible. But I want you to notice once again that Nineveh is labeled as great or big or powerful or influential or a meaningful city. Earlier it was due to its geographic size. Now we find this population, 120,000 people who do not have moral direction. They don't even know their left hand from their right hand when it comes to holiness, when it comes to truth, when it comes to understanding God. So what pieces of our theology can we build from these descriptions of Nineveh? Well, first, large, densely populated areas with many resources, a.k.a. cattle, are important to God's heart. In other words, cities are important to God's heart. Notice that every time Nineveh is mentioned, it is done so with the explicit motivation that Jonah, you should go there because it is great. It is a big place, a resourceful place. It is the kind of city that we've been talking about in our definition. The historian Gwendolyn Like notes this. She says, Nineveh, with its heterogeneous population of people from throughout the Assyrian Empire, was one of the most beautiful cities in the Near East, with its gardens, temples, and splendid palaces. It was a great city. It was a Godol city. But it was a place that was evil and violent and morally confused. And God says, You gotta go there. It has come to my attention. Secondly, In cities, small areas of Christian faithfulness can produce widespread fruitfulness. This is not some kind of guarantee, but rather a hope. It's a hope that because of the relevance of a city, the the heterogeneity of a city, the dense population of a city, that the work we do, the faithful work we do, can produce a great harvest Jonah went only one day's journey into the city when mass repentance and mass revival struck. Change occurred because of his work. Just a little ways into the city. And city ministry is going to be like this. We're going to need to take small steps of faithfulness. We've been brave enough to come here. We've been bold enough to follow God's call to be a church in the city. We've made that step. We're here And we're going to take steps of faithfulness with the hope in Jesus that these small steps will create great Godol faithfulness and healing in our city. Great cities and their needs still come before the eyes of the Lord. And he still sends to them prophets to speak the truth of the gospel. As we pray together in a moment, I think it's worth mentioning that Nineveh has been in the news a lot over the last few years. Modern Nineveh is Mosul, Iraq. And I still think it's a city whose needs and pain and hardship come up before the Lord. So as we pray today, we'll pray not only for our city of Wilmington, But also Nineveh, that the Lord's power and heart and love for for both of those places would become more and more and more apparent.